met a guy that ended up becoming one of my best friends and just somebody that changed my life. People come into your life and it's, it's people. I think people, uh, surrounding yourself with those right people can be the world the world of difference. If you don't go do it, it will not. Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. and there's so many people that will sit in, on the sideline and wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and not do it. And they, and they waste all the time and then they go do it and then they learn. Maybe it mm -hmm. didn't work, but there's things that are just small adjustments that we can make. To be a fly on the wall of the conversation, you're like, honey, I have great news. I've been fired. <laughs> Excellent news, hon. Uh, I have been let go and I can't tell you how good it makes me feel. <laughs> All right, to start the pod, I want to brew you here. Smell, smell this coffee. Yeah. So this is our broadcast brew, Dylan English Show blend. Does it smell good? That smells so okay, good. Okay, so we're going to make a French press. The one thing I, uh, the only downside is I, when I told Taylor Ground, I forgot to tell her ground for a French press. So, because it's different, there's different grinds. You want to do a little coarser grind for a French press than you do for a coffee pot. So they're a little fine, so that the coffee might be a, Tiny bit chalky, but okay. it won't be that noticeable at all. So, are you a, if you rate your coffee a snobbery from a level of like one to ten? I would say I'm an eight. An eight? Okay. Yep. Okay. You like strong or like if you had to choose between like a weaker cup or a strong cup? I'm between that medium and, and bold. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so we'll make sure there's enough in there. So if it's over strong, that's fine because then we get the full flavors versus if it's weak. Yeah, I do. I don't know anything about the making coffee process. I was talking to Taylor. I was like, <laughs> she started talking about stuff. I'm like, this is awesome. This is so interesting. Like, I have no idea. Well, you're going to enjoy a, a video I'm about ready to uh, produce. It's, it's actually almost edited. I'll show you after the podcast. But we went to Taylor's roastery and we got a whole behind the scenes oh, video man. of her roasting. And uh, I haven't posted it yet because I'm 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 just I feel like I need to make a couple of changes. I just don't know what to do because yeah. I'm not really an editor or a, like a video producer. Yeah. Um, but we're gonna grab some hot water. All right. I'm excited you get to try this coffee out. I know when I was on your show, um, we talked about this blend, and uh, now you get to see for yourself how it is. So I'm excited. Excited. So, um, for those that don't know, Jason is a sales consultant. Is, is that yep. a good sales consultant? Podcast host, yeah. father, uh, husband. Um, we met due to a, a, a kind of just a person in one of my networking groups that saw my podcast and was like, "Hey, I have a buddy <laughs> named Jason that has a podcast," and we connected and we're like, "Hey, let's get on each, other, each other's shows." Um, and uh, Jason has an absolutely awesome setup. Uh, in Brighton, it was it was an absolute honor to be on your show. I appreciate that a lot. Oh man, it's my pleasure. Um, so tell us what got you into sales. Like, what was kind of your <laughs> your like? If you bring us back yeah. to the original journey, I grew up extremely poor. Uh, I, I, grew, I had a single mom. Uh, I, I had an abusive dad. Uh, mm -hmm. Kind of backstory. You know, when I was eleven, uh, when I was about to turn twelve, my mom asked me what I wanted for my birthday, and I asked for her to leave my dad. I was like, the only thing, like, I don't want a birthday party. I don't really care about presents. I wanted mm -hmm. you to find a way to be able to get out of the house and and, and leave him. Uh, and she did. That was uh, a big turning point in my life. Now, like, fast forward, the the origin of getting into sales. I was, uh, I was poor trying to pay my way through college and I was working in a nursing home and I knew that working in a nursing home wasn't my long-term thing. I wasn't going to be a nurse. Right. Um, there were some routes there, but I was like, I was around people that like, 
you know, I liked them, but I knew that I could, I could come back 20 years from now and they'd be having the same conversations. And, and spoiler alert, I literally did have to go back there 20 years later when my grandma was in that nursing home and they were having the same conversations. And it was like, I knew I wanted to grow one, two, I, just, I needed money because I was paying my way through college and there's only so many hours in the day and I was picking up double shifts while trying to go through, go to school. And I'm like, what, way could I make more money? And on top of it, I felt like there was a, there was a thing. People would do my work for me. Um, people of random people would come up and tell me their life story. Like people would give me things for no reason. I didn't mm. really know. I didn't know what it was, but I'm like, okay, if that's something that I, if that's some sort of a gift, I could probably do pretty well at sales and I, there's more, you know, I can make commission. And so I don't have to work yeah. 12, 13 hours a day. And so I went out, I was, I was reading the newspaper cause that's how old I am. I, that's how we found jobs back then. It was like looking in the newspaper. <laughs> and there's this article or this ad that said, uh, do you like sports? And I'm like, that's, that's been my, uh, my, my, my haven and, you know, right. I love sports. And it's like, do you, uh, like meeting members? Do you, do you like, do you need to make money? And it was like, yeah, that's yes, why that's I'm here. Me. Like yeah, money, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's why I'm here. Right. And the last one was like, do you like meeting members of the opposite sex? I'm 21 years old. Yeah, of course. Sign me up. Uh, yeah. This is like a dream Obviously, job. Right. right. So I go and I apply for this job and I, uh, I get the interview and I interview for like 15 minutes and they're like, you got the job. And I'm like, man, I must be the best salesperson ever. I like went and got this job in 15 minutes. I don't even know what we're selling. <laughs> and I went and quit my job at the nursing home and oh burnt every bridge possible to make sure that they'd never hire me back. And that wow. was pretty successful. Because uh, <laughs> I, I knew that I was going to be a great yeah, salesperson. Right? Right. This is my thing. And so I go to work the first day and they hand me a stack of coupon booklets. <laughs> and I'm like selling coupon booklets door to door, right? Door to door sales. And uh, in they, you know, my sales training was go home and watch the movie The Boiler Room, which... You seen the movie The Boiler mm-hmm. Room? Mm-hmm. Love about. that movie. Uh, I was hyped up, but that was just not me. Yeah, that's you know, I I, <laughs> I love the you know, they're slinging crack rock or have a wicked jump shot, and you know they're all like act as if, and you know Ben right. Affleck's speech and all that stuff was a great rally, and that's literally what I worked in. Like mm. every day, we'd show up, and there'd be this big rally and like this big like you know like let's go like Wolf of em. Wall Street, Wolf type. of Wall yeah. Street, and then yeah. we'd all get in somebody's car and go drive. And what were you selling? <laughs> coupon booklets. Like, coupon booklets. Okay, yeah, I missed yeah. that. Yeah, okay. so like, coupon booklets for different businesses. So different businesses yeah. would hire this company to come out and. and I kind of remember that as a kid. Like they've kind of. I don't. Yeah. Are they still a thing? I do. I think that. I think so. Every once in a while, okay. I'll get somebody at the door and I'll buy one just for mercy. You ever do those for like sold. fundraisers? I think that there, there are, are fundraisers out there, yeah. but then there are companies that act as if they're fundraisers because they mm. will then you know have a higher. Pr- propensity to, mm. to sell. <laughs> yeah, I think my school did coupon booklets. I kind of remember that as a kid. But anyway, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, okay, yeah. coupon booklets. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm going door to door and selling these things and it was just a miserable job. Uh, I had nightmares. Uh, nightmares about, you know, going yeah, and, it sounds awful. And, uh, and, and knocking on doors and, you know, it's just, uh, it, it sucked. I uh, fast forward, I, I was not making any money whatsoever. So then I started like getting, you know, not only... I, I was making good money at the nursing home for my age, yeah. like considering and you like, I burnt those bridges so that's and I'm like, toast. that's not, a, that's not happening. And so I just, I had to make this work and I ended up finding another sales job that was not the coupon booklets. I ended up getting in the cell phone industry because my stepsister was working at this, at this place in Flint, Michigan. And, uh, and so I got this job and I got the sales manager that was like, Hey, you're a young kid. You don't know anything about sales. He was like, what I did is I'd go out and I'd shop other the competitors and I'd go out and see what other great salespeople are doing. And, mm. you know, I'd take notes and kind of learn from them. He was like that. I think you should do that. And so I did, I like bought into it. I was like, all right. Mm. 
And so I'm like 21 and I'm going out to car lots. I'm going to furniture stores. I'm going to all the sleaziest places ever. Uh, yeah, classic sales, <laughs> classic sales organizations. I'm, tw- I'm 21. I'm walking in. You know, the, the car guys are playing paper, scissors, rocks over who has to go deal with me because they know that I'm not I'm not there to buy. So you just like walked in and was like, hey, I want to learn. I mean, like what? How, no, how did- I'd act like a customer. I'd go in and shop them because then I'd see, you know, how are they interacting? And I was really disappointed. Like people suck. (laughs) Salespeople suck specifically. And so I was like, man, I'm really not learning anything. And then I was like, wait a minute. Mm. If everybody sucks out here and this is what people are getting when they come into places like this. Yeah. What if I didn't suck? What if I actually listened and oh my God, that's actually why people were giving me things, mm. right? And it's like, I'm very big into self-awareness and figuring mm. out. And, you know, when I got into sales, I didn't, I had no clue. Sure. Over time, I started to like realize what it was that I gave to people that, you know, it, uh, that allowed me to be successful mm. in sales down the road when I intentionally did it. Mm. And it was wholeheartedly listening. Mm. I have a curiosity for people, which is why I, I have the podcast, you know, yeah, why right, I do right. what I do. Um, and so I would, I would just ask people questions and then I got good with asking people intentional questions that would lead me to be able to figure out if I can solve their problem with the thing that I was selling. Mm. And the people that you've met, uh, when you were trying to learn best sales tactics, was there any person that sticks out to you that you remember being like, wow, like this person is who I want to emulate. Or was it everyone that you kind of went to, they were like, this is all not ideal and uh, I could do better than all these guys. Or were there, there any industries or people that you're like, wow, that was a, that was good. Like that There was, was nowhere that I went out and shopped where I found, wow, I could really learn from this wow. person. I I was lucky that I uh, in that same job, mm-hmm. I met a guy that ended up becoming one of my best friends and just somebody that changed my life. People come into your life and it's, it's people. People are the greatest resources. Yeah. And so I, while I was striking out and not finding it there, I met this guy, Brock, that had this air of confidence about him. Very D-type personality. He's going to go and, and, and get what he wants out of life, mm-hmm. right? And he had this. He was probably like 20 years old at the time. And like he had okay, the, so he's younger than you? He was younger than he's younger than me. And so he uh, he was a couple years younger than me, so he might have been even 19, but he just had this air of confidence about him. And he, ch- he challenged me. He uh, introduced me to entrepreneurship. Like, I didn't know what that, yeah. you know what that meant. Yeah. I didn't know that you could be a business owner. And then he started introducing me to people. And it was network marketing, right? And so mm-hmm. like he was in a network marketing thing, but he got me around people that thought differently. Mm-hmm. And most importantly, he got me a, uh, in a foundation of personal development. So I started mm-hmm. reading books. I started going to seminars. I started like really committing to, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do something really, really good. I'm going to get yeah. really good at, right. at these things. Um, and I, you know, I said introducing to people, but he just had... People were attracted to him, uh, and so he had some of the coolest people in his circle. And so, I, you know, it, it allowed me to meet people that just thought differently and pushed pushed me. And every single people that, like, our top five friend core group went and did some, something big in the entrepreneurial journey. Like, mm. uh, one of them founded Kendrick Lamar. You know, like, wow. so uh, it's, like, wow. it's, it's pretty crazy. Wow. That... We'll have to get into that story. That sounds... Give me give me your cup. Coffee's ready. All right. Um... One of your friends found a Kendrick Lamar. That that sounds like an insane story. Well, it's not. It's his story, but it's just one of those things. Well, I got to like, get him on the pod. <laughs> he has to share his story. That's, what I, that's crazy, man. And so what did you... So you sold coupon books, and then you got into a network marketing, right? 
Yep. So, well, and I saw selling cell phones and then I uh, got into network marketing and it was, uh, it was Quickstar at the time and uh, it's Amway, you yeah. know. Yeah, that was my guess. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, but it was just getting around yes. again, around the people. Um, I had a little success in, in network marketing, uh, mainly because I had the right people around me. I mm. uh, was able to make a little bit of money on it, but it was just getting around people that thought differently mm. because I never thought I could own a business. I never thought like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think people, uh, surrounding yourself with those right people can, can be the world, the world of difference. Um, I want to take a quick pause. So the coffee's yeah. ready. So we know it looks light. It's so light. Yeah. But, it's going to be full bodied. It's not hot. So, I mean, it's, it's warm to okay. hot. So enjoy. See what Cheers. you think. That is so good. Smooth. That is really, really smooth. It looks like it's going to be a lot weaker than it came out to be, right? Like you look through that glass and you're like, yeah. oh, this might be weak, but it's a lot more full bodied than you'd expect. It just to be. looks smooth. Like hearing you and Taylor describe it, I was yeah. like, does it look like straight water? You know, so I'm yeah. looking at it and it just looks like really smooth, yeah. but it has a great taste. Yeah, it's a good taste. And um, if we would have had a different, yeah, I think it's good. We could have maybe put one more scoop in. I'm always trying to figure out the perfect French press, but yeah, it's good. Yeah, so this is the 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 low acid and you're going to feel good after drinking this coffee too. Like it's not going to burn your stomach. It's not going to, like you're just going to feel good. Like I don't know how else to, yeah. how else to, to describe it, but. That taste is so good. <laughs> It's a good cup. It's a good cup. I, I loved watching your episode. You're like talking about practicing your face. Oh, like. <laughs> bro. I was a uh, <clears throat> quick sidebar. So when I had Taylor on the podcast to, I had never, ever tasted her pod, like her coffee before at all. I had no clue what it was going to be. Yeah. And I'm like, I told him, I'm like, dude, what if this is bad? Like, what if it's like, you know, cause you go into coffee shops sometimes and you drink the coffee and you're like, I do not like this coffee. And so yep. Taylor and I, after two months, have been talking about our partnership. She's spent money on this low acid coffee, and she's done a bunch of tests. And I'm like, "What happens if it sucks?" So I was just like, "I'm gonna have to fake it for the pod." Yeah. And then, because like, what do you do? Be like, I hate that. Like, I you know, because especially if it's not the blend, if it was like the roast itself, it's like I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Until we were recording, <laughs> and I'm like. This could be really bad. <laughs> really bad. <laughs> Got to make sure I'm, you know, mm. I'll drink it. <laughs> <laughs> Accepting the money under the table, you know, delicious. delicious. <laughs> yeah, $5,000. Thank you. No, so it's good. No, we're, uh, I could, but we couldn't have been happier with how this, this blend, this blend, uh, came out so ah, it's such a cool story yeah. how that all came about yeah it i'm i'm blessed and it's just been a it's crazy because you know we've only been doing the podcast since december of last year and yeah. so to think you know in 10 months it's like we have a coffee blend and we have partnerships and i'm like i just started this for fun and i know don't get me wrong like i wanted to make something of this but yeah. i didn't think that we'd get here so fast and uh it's cool taylor's awesome uh shout out cool beans shout out taylor hollis um, makes the best coffee in Michigan. So, um, in my humble opinion, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, okay. So back to, so if it, you want any more, just, just grab the, uh, I'll put it kind of here. Awesome. Maybe one All right. <laughs> Hopefully um, I don't flail my arms. Just, and... <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to take this. <laughs> yeah. put it right back it's here. wise. It's wise. My wife would say, move it out of. Are you, are you China a hands? Shop. Absolutely. You a hands. Okay. hands. Yeah. We haven't talked about anything yet that, but. <laughs> so you yeah. do some public speaking. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So w- 
going back, so coupon books, network marketing, then what? So, so we'll, we'll real fast forward and, you know, just talk about the people that come in and, and, and change my life uh, and, and put me in the position to where I'm at now. Because I, I really do. It's, it's the people. People are our greatest resources. Mm-hmm. We, we live in a time of phenomenal resources. We can get on and learn how to do anything on the internet, right? Sure. Like, sure. we're doing podcasts that are interviewing business owners that have done uh, incredible things. And so mm-hmm. it's like you can, you, you can tune in and listen to these people live and like hearing what their journeys and learn, you know, you can learn so much you have, but to actually like get with people, like people, people can really push you and change you out of your, Mm. out of your mindset. And so I was great. You know, it was awesome to meet Brock and and they changed my life. And then that next journey, I found this job and, uh, in, you know, I drove by this place and I'd gotten this, uh, I went and applied to this, this one job and they were like, Oh my God, we're so impressed with you. Like it was like, I I was a shoe in to get this job. And so I was going to like quit for the day. Mm. Uh, and I saw this one little place hidden in this corner and I'm like, I'll just drop a resume off there. So I did. And on my way home, this the guy, the regional director of the company, happened to be in this store that day, and he called me up and he said, "Hey, I just got here at this location. Would you be able to come back around for an interview?" And I'm like, "Ah, you know, I'm all the way back over here." And he was like, "Well, I don't come here very often. If you could come in, I could interview you today." And so I made it back, and he hired me on the spot. Wow. And that guy changed my life. Um, mm. That guy took me from a bad employee from somebody that thought, read rich dad, poor dad, and thought I knew more than everybody else, yep, you know, yep, like, yep. because you can read books and read information. And, you know, I had this, like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur and, you know, like, I'm not going to work for the man type, at, at, but how do you do that really when you don't have these experiences? Mm-hmm. And so Dean took me in and he ended up giving me a leadership position. Uh, I had to prove myself, but he gave me a leadership position. And then he continu- continued to kick my ass. Mm. And, you know, the things that I thought I knew, um, I didn't. And, you know, I'd come in and he'd come into my location and I'd like make sure I did all the things that he that he thought that needed to be done. And I'd, I'd work my ass off trying to get all this stuff done. And he'd come in and he'd, he'd find something different. And I'd be like, man, yeah, like... And then he taught me the most important thing, just like delegation and leadership. Mm. You know, it's like, I'm not happy because you're doing all those things. You know, like you need to learn how to get your team buy-in to do that or you're going to kill yourself. Yeah. That, I think and team building and, and delegation, it's hard. It's hard. It yeah. is hard. It's, 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 it, it's like, I, we see this in sales a lot and you'll press this in a lot of companies. I think where a lot of people um, mistake entrepreneurship is they view it as, okay, I need to create a good product. I need to do I, 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 I. And it's like the best entrepreneurs that I've uh, interviewed and have seen is, yeah, you have a great idea. Yeah, you have a great concept, but then you build people. And your your company is only as good as your team. And we're something that I've really struggled with is because like I – like to think that I'm pretty good at sales, right? I'd like to think that I'm decent at what I do. Always can be better, always can grow more, but you know, we've, I can feed the family, you know, and so we're okay. But building people, I have realized for me has been, I thought that was gonna be the easy part, you know? Like, oh, we, you know, it's like the common joke. If uh, your employees are asking for a raise, you could you give them a pizza party, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. But it's like, oh, we can do all these things and culture is going to be amazing. But then when <laughs> it comes down to the actual consistency of building a team and especially in sales when everyone's 100% commission, but if you're building a, a company, it's like, 
that is learning to delegate, learning to let your employees make mistakes, learning to give clear vision. Is so that was where that was where he kicked my ass the most, and where and and it changed my life, you know. And I say I didn't just wake up and all of a sudden learn how to delegate. I was taking everything on. I didn't. Mm. I was afraid to ask people to do it. And then when I did ask them to do it, they always messed it up. Right? They didn't do it as good as me. And so I was like. I'll just do it. Let's do it. I'll just take it all yeah. on. Well, now I'm trying to sell. I'm trying to get my store to hit goals because if I don't, like I, you know, I'm after bonuses. And so I'm trying to get mm-hmm. the whole team to perform. And then I'm doing all the little things too. In my team, all they got to do is show up and sell. And I'm doing all the things. It's killing me. Um, to go back into that, it's like trying to get buy-in. You know, a lot of times we, we try to get buy-in because we're forcing whatever our message is. It's the mm. same thing on sales. We're trying to sell a product, and we don't know if there's even an interest in that product, right? right. So what I really had to learn to do was reverse engineer. Why are you here? Mm. No, I know you need a job, but, like, figuring out for my people, like – what is your actual goal? You know, like mm-hmm. I had this guy on my team and he was a phenomenal, just phenomenally talented, but he had lost his dream job. Mm-hmm. He had this dream job in the racing industry and he was selling stuff in racing and he just like, he got to travel all over the world and he got like special things, right? Like special perks when you get to do that. And like, sure. you know, things that he got to do for his clients that you couldn't do at my cell phone store, you know? So he was like in this depression and he had these talents that he was doing graphically that was uh, in, the, in this company that he wasn't able to do there. And so understanding where he wanted to go, knowing this wasn't his long-term step, step and knowing that he had talents that he was like, felt like they were going to waste. I employed those talents that he had in marketing mm. and he became the guy in my team that designed marketing flyers and marketing campaigns for our whole entire store. Mm. And so people went to him and all of a sudden he had a purpose and it picked him his life up differently, mm. you know? And so, he still had to sell, but now he was creating the resources that allowed us to sell at a higher level. It's almost like part of being a good leader and delegating is not just figuring out the why of your team. It's putting them in the right place that they're going to succeed, right? Yeah. That's, I think, step two of delegation. It's step one, you know, or maybe step 0.5 is letting go. <laughs> step two is figuring out why they're there. And then step three is plugging them into where they're going to be the, the best use of their talents. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. A lot of times we just like force, you know, if somebody is in a role, but like what is their unique talents that make them stand out, they'll make them even better at that role. Mm. And a lot of times we overlook that. And so as Mm. I would get to know my people, it was like, why are you here? You know, yeah, we need to make money, but what are you doing with that money? What is your Mm. long-term goal? Where do you want to get to? Do you want to work in this company or is it somewhere else? And, you know, from my standpoint of being the internal leader, that was just one of them kind of, I got a different response from everybody. And so people would tell me things and they still do. You know, Mm. when people hire me as a consultant, the salespeople tell me things they'd never tell the boss. Of course. You know, like, yeah, I'm, I'm coming to have a new client that I just have been with a month and I'm telling him things. He's like, this is just news to me, you know? And I'm like, they won't tell you. What do you think it takes to get companies to have more open communication? Like, do you think the employees don't share that with the business owner because they're scared of being fired and the business owner's personality is one that's just a hot-headed person? Or do you think it's oblivious of the owner that they think everything's going fine and if they would ask the employees would actually be honest with them i i I think it's a combo of a lot of things on top of like for lack of better terms of ptsd of other leaders Mm. you know like um i had this guy in incredibly talented guy but every time i'd go to talk to him he'd have an excuse like 
I'd have a conversation and I'd ask a him a couple questions. Like, he was he ended up becoming a leader in my company uh, for a short period, but he was just a he was a top sales guy, right? But every time we'd have a conversation about something, he'd have an excuse of why it happened. He wouldn't even be listening to what we were talking about. There'd be an excuse or a reason why it happened, and it was like, "Why are you doing that? Mm. Like, why are you being so defensive right now? Like, yeah. You're not even listening to what I'm saying." And he was. Yeah. He was like, well, just every other time I've had a boss, you know, like there's just, I'm getting in trouble or, if, you know, like when I, my mom would make me explain myself. And so mm. I'm just trying to explain. And it was just a natural reaction. It took a while for us to like get this, get for him to understand that I'm just here to help you get better. Yeah. I'm not looking for the excuse. This is standing in the way. And yeah. what do we need to do in order for you to get better? Do you think that he was like that because of PTSD? Is that what you're saying? Like you think may, potentially for lack of better terms, I hate that. Like, to I, say know, that, I know, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. because of a, maybe a previous leader that he had, he had to come up with excuses for the leader to not freak out because I think that plays into it. Um, and I think that a lot of leaders or just his personality to make himself look good. And, and I mean, I think there's part of your personality. I think yeah. there's part of your experiences with other leaders. Mm-hmm. And then who is, you know, you never know. People are so afraid to offend anybody. Yeah. You know, I like know. you're afraid to bug or offend or, you know, that's when people fail in a well, lot of times. Communication I, period. If we could learn to communicate better, mm-hmm. all of our problems would be solved. Yeah. Yeah. Leadership and sales is not a problem. If as we long was, as you can communicate. Yeah. Listen first. You know, if you could yeah. learn to listen first, process, and then respond. Yep. Versus resp- like we live in a world where people respond before they even listen. It's, you know, and assuming so much and in, in, in so many aspects of life. Yep. Um, it actually reminds me, I was thinking through when you said bad leaders and good leaders. I uh <clears throat> I have a crazy, crazy story. So uh my very first job was steak and shake. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And uh, I went to, so just a little bit about me for the people listening. Uh, Sheltered, very grateful for it. Um, Went to a uh, Christian school, very grateful for it. But I was a principal at the Christian school. Loved it. Loved every second of it. But growing up in that environment, um, I wasn't privy to just a lot of the normal things that normal, I guess, that that a lot of kids were, were that went to public school, whatever. So, uh, was 16 and a half, applied for Steak and Shake, got the job, wanted to be a server, I guess, because, you know, I didn't want to cook food, but I had decent people skills. Yeah. First day at the job, um, the guy's name was Doug. He was the general manager of Steak and Shake. First day of the job, I walk back there, and he is just cussing up a storm. He is cussing someone out. F this, F that, F... And again, coming from me, yeah. I think I probably heard the F word 10 times in my whole life. Coming from a Christian coming school. From a bad, coming exa- up. Yeah, right. Oh my and God. so I'm just like, whoa, boom, boom, boom. Like, it's like, like a punch <laughs> yeah, in the face every single time. And then like somebody showed up with a little bit of scruff and he literally gave them a razor and made them dry shave. I'm not kidding. He made them dry like shave. Feel that and he shake. looked he looked at me <laughs> and he's like, if you ever come here with stubble, I will effing make you shave your face with this huge razor. And I'm like, God, like I'm pretty, you know, I'm just like this 16 year old kid. I'm like, yes, dog, okay. You know, and I just remember like, like he ran this steak and shake like a Nazi boot camp. Yeah. But then he didn't listen to anything he told anyone else. Oh, so yeah. he would have stubble. He would show Are up you late. Kidding? He would like show up like kind of drunk. Oh my like God. it was just the craziest experience. So then he gets fired. 
Okay. Yeah. We had an interim. So who was one of the managers? How do you how do you have conversations and tell somebody they have to shave when you? Heard oh no, I do. I mean, like it was. <laughs> how do you do it that? was it was unbelievable. It was because I just didn't know any. I'm like, oh, this is the workplace. Yeah. Like for me, it was like this is. This is the public, you know, this is the workplace. This is, I'm just going to be a, a good light and, and love people <laughs> and, and try to show Jesus to all these people. Like I just didn't, you know, and so as you I just didn't know any Jesus, better. sir. Yeah, oh, he, he does. <laughs> he does and he did. Um, and uh, <laughs> so then the next guy, next guy showed, like moved up and it was the same thing because Doug was his manager. Yeah. And then um, it was like, we went through three. Then a guy named Michael came. Michael was really cool, but he had these like, you know, these like temper flare ups, whatever, but he was a good dude. And then he left to go help run the Hollywood casino, which was the first casino in Ohio. So I'm like, great. And then this guy named Brad came in. I'll never forget the first experience I had with Brad. So I'm like a six, two high schooler. This is also back before I was fat, you know, <laughs> played basketball. I was a six, two athletic looking person. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Big dude. So I'm putting in someone's order. Right, appears behind me, this short, white, scrawny dude, okay? <clears throat> Thinking he's a customer, but he's behind the counter. I'm like, oh, hey, sir, how can I help you? Uh, this is for, like, employees only. Uh, can I help you with anything? And he's just like, I'm your new boss. <laughs> and I was like, can I help you with anything? I didn't know what to say. I was so embarrassed because I thought he was a customer. So I was like, can I take your order? Can I do anything? He's like... No, I'm your I'm your new boss. And Brad was the first like mentor that was just took me under his wing. And when he took over that steak and shake, we went from being one of the worst rated steak and shakes to being one of the top steak and shakes in the nation. Difference in a leader. Um, um, top down, like he he was he showed faith in me. He yep. he he was the person that was like the first one, of the first people to tell me like you can achieve like if you put your mind to it, you can do whatever you want. Like he was, he was, and I don't want to get anyone in trouble, but you know, he was helping me stay at that career and making sure that I had the funds needed. And so like he would put me in trainer roles early because he knew I could train before having to go through all the corporate crap. And he just, he just believed in me a thousand percent. Even like when I went to college, I'd come back in the summer and he would just be like, Hey Dylan, I know you haven't worked here in a year and a half but I need someone to run the store. I was like, I didn't work there for like a year. And he's like, hey, Dylan, can you please come help out? And I'm like, sure. <laughs> so I just was a manager for a day. Hadn't worked there in a year. <laughs> I don't even know if I was still day. in the system. I just showed up with my steak and shake apron and we ran the store for a day. You know, but that was a relationship we had. And that was, yeah. a tr- and so anyway, I still have to say like, man, if you're a leader top down or you're hiring leaders yeah. for your company, yeah. I cannot, it is amazing the difference of an experience that the customers, the employees will have just on, on who's on top. Same person, right? You can, I, I had this, uh, we ended up becoming a director of stores for this company and we uh, were acquiring a couple of stores, one of them in Frankenmuth. And I was riding with the owner of the, the owner we were buying the stores from mm. and we were going out to Frankenmuth and he was giving me a rundown of all the employees I was going to meet out there. And he was telling me about this, about Hannah. And he was like, you're going to hate Hannah. Hannah's only in it for her. You know, even when I asked her to take the bank deposits in, she asked me if I can pay her for it. You know, wow. like she only wants to, you know, she's only going to do it if I'm going to pay her for it, that kind of thing. You're, she's going to drive you crazy, that kind of. And then he like told me about this other guy and he's like, he's going to be, he's management material, which like the thing couldn't have been more opposite, which is really funny. Uh, so I meet Hannah and, and talking about, and like in description, how do you go into leadership? Like, how do you, how do you lead people? Right. Mm. 
I, when I went in and we're acquiring these two stores and we're inheriting employees that are now coming in, 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 into a new infrastructure, all of a sudden they have new bosses, a new right. leadership team, new, you know, like, and then I find out, you know, really they're, and I knew this kind of anyways, knowing the person, but they're kind of abused people. <laughs> like they've, they're coming from an abused home, so to mm. speak. Right. In the sense of like your, 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 your former managers that are like the yelling and the, you know, yeah. abusing and hit these numbers or else my way, the highway, like yeah. you got to do these certain things. Right. And so I meet Anna and I sit down with her cause I sit down with every single one of them and I sat down and I was like, tell me about you. Mm-hmm. I learned so much about her and I learned that like, she grew up in a home where her dad was a piece of crap and her mom was kind of a piece of crap too. And her, mm. and her mom, the most she'd ever made in a year is $20,000. And so she, Hannah grew up in like this kind of poverty. But that year before at the cell phone store, even though she had kind of a crappy boss that didn't believe in her. And even though this guy thought that she was like not a very good employee, she made $46,000. So she made double, more than double what her mom had ever made in her best year. And she was so super proud of that. And I'm like, the more I talk to her, I'm like, she is a lion. Like yeah, she's my, right. she's my, my girl. Right. Yeah. Like we can do this together. I know what motivates her. Cause what motivates her motivates me. Mm-hmm. We have the same fire. Like I can see a lot of, uh, a lot of alignment. And so now I know how to talk to Hannah. I know what she wants in life. Yeah. She wants to succeed, right? She wants to be better and, and, and create a better life for her and herself than, than and her, her kids, than, than her, her parents kids. did, you know, for yep. her. Exactly. She became my first, First, she became a manager of that location. She became my first two mm. two location leader. She was a top five salesperson every single month. She was in when I went out and I started a, another company, or when I started my company, I hired her for one of my clients. Uh, you know, like she she was a, she's phenomenal. Mm. Same person, different leaders. Yeah, all because of a question. All because of questions. Yeah, you asked. You just asked what motivated her, and you know, for the the manager to say, "Oh, she's terrible because all she wants is money." Well, her mom only made twenty grand a year. Yeah. Yeah. This kid is just hungry, and he missed that. Yep. He completely missed that fact. He, it was coming across as selfish and disingenuous, and but in the fact, she's just actually like, "My time's worth something." Like, if you're gonna take me away from this, I, you know, and yeah. like, it's it's amazing the the filter of just asking questions. Yeah. Put some people. Well, because then once I know what her motivation and her mindset is, I can teach her different perspectives and how to make mm-hmm. money at a different level, right? It's not about making five bucks to go to the bank or whatever yeah. you make, yeah. whatever we're paying you to yeah. go to the bank, you know. Covering your gas. Yeah, there's ways that you can make way more money than that, you mm-hmm. know. And so let's let's do that in uh in, in develop you. And mm-hmm. so um, you know, that's when you change people's lives like that, you know, yeah. when you can show come in and I always wanted to give it back because that's what Dean did for me. The people mm. that entered my life changed my life. I wouldn't be here right now, mm. you know, in, in the roles that I'm in and, you know, in life if it wasn't for those people. Did you ever ever have anyone, do you ever like look back at any, did anyone ever like roast you or like have really hard conversations with you? Like, was there anyone ever time to be like, dude, you are going down a bad path and just sit you down and like have a conversation that just like rocked your world? Or was all of your mentors very, kind of loving and, and just by showing you, it kind of made sense. To so you. Dean was always a cocky guy. Like you dumb. He, he never, like he was very, uh, he cared about me. And I knew that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was like, uh, kind of, uh, I don't want to say time is, he never really yelled at me, but he, he was tough love. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a good example of kind of what you're asking for. And this is the moment that changed my life really forever. Uh, I was having a lot of success. This Dean was my, was, was my leader. I was having a lot of success. I got, uh, became a leader of this location out in Lansing. It was the worst location in our whole entire company. And, uh, and in fact, they, they needed to plug a leader in that location or they said Verizon, which is our, our, our carrier said they were going to pull out. And so we wouldn't have a location there anymore. Mm. Like they, we wouldn't be able to sell anything, right? right? If they pulled out. And so I went out there in over a course of 
every year. I, um, I stumbled a lot, but as I became, as I, as I learned leadership and like plugged in, I had plugged in my sales style from day one. After about a year and a half, we became not only the, the best store in our company, but we became the highest producing store in the whole entire Midwest region for any Verizon agents. Wow. And so we, uh, we really grew this location. What was the, um, what was your original question? Oh, I said tough love. Yeah. Tough love. So I was either number one or number two in sales in the, in the company every single month while leading a location that was the number one location, not just in our company, but mm. went from worst dead way far from number one, not even close, right? To number one in our company, number one in the region, we were winning all kinds of awards. It'd mm. be very, very fair to say that I was very, I was feeling myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was very good. like right. cocky about it, but I had not really learned what it was like to be a business owner or an mm. entrepreneur. I, I learned how to manage Right. And that's why I, I hate the word manager now. I was a manager at the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really get business ownership. And so I was lazy at all the little things. I didn't mm. delegate. And so all of my little items, stock and inventory and all the stuff that, you know, to run a location was haywire. And then I'm the number one store in the whole entire Midwest. So just think how crazy it's getting. Yeah. Um, we're out in South Lansing, which is like, you know, is very poverty stricken, still is probably, uh, you know, I have low income housing across the street. And so we had a lot of cash bill payments and, mm. it, and I would have six to seven days of, of deposits stacked oh, up in the cash no. register because I wasn't making anybody go deposit them at the end of yeah. the day. We just had a busy, busy day. Yeah. We just had a really busy day. We're cranking out sales. Yeah. And so, oh, we don't have time to do it today. It's really easy to have five to six to seven days to just stack up when you get into that kind of habit. And so I've got ten thousand dollars in a and mind you our store gets broken into like once a quarter at minimum <laughs> like so i've got all this money in envelopes like in cash registers and i'm not taking this money back and so but i'm feeling myself like yeah, i'm on top of the mountain you're amazing, like, right, look right, what right. i did to this yeah. store and so one day my my boss dean the mentor and, and uh, the owner of the company rob are out in, in vegas together and i get this email from rob and mind you rob um owns the company but i've had like three conversations with him okay. in the couple of years that I've been there. And, okay. and one of them was when he gave me the job to be, he promoted me to leader. And so this guy emails me out of the blue and basically tells me I'm, I'm, I'm a piece of crap. <laughs> and wow. like, tells me basically the email says, what do I got to do in order to get Dean to be able to do his job better? So you can do your job mm-hmm. it, because this is getting ridiculous. And if you can't get this under control, maybe you're not right for this company. And I'm reading these words like, I'm not right for your company. Like, maybe you're not right for me, yeah, right? right? Like, right. maybe I can take my talents elsewhere, like LeBron. No, this is before LeBron. But maybe I'll take my yeah, talents right, elsewhere. Right. Maybe, you know, so I was, like, puffing my chest out, and I was, like, ready to send out this blazing email telling this guy off, right? And I, I, got, I, I left work. I got home. I had this whole email typed up about, you know, who do you think you are? Like, mm-hmm. you haven't been out here to give me any kind of pats in the back. And then the first message I get from you isn't like, you're, you know, like, thank you for being here. Mm-hmm. You're telling me about how I'm crap and how do I even have a job here anymore? Right. Like, so I have this whole email and I'm about to hit send and all of a sudden I'm like, oof, what do I want to accomplish here? Mm. What am I going to accomplish here by sending out this email? It felt really good to type out. I got my, you know, I got my anger out, but when he reads that, what's going to happen? Mm. Am I ready to leave? Yeah. <laughs> Am I yeah. really ready to quit? Like, what do I want? And what I really want is to continue getting mentored. I want to continue growing. I want to continue growing this, you know, what I, what I have and continue building on my team and continue mm. building on my career. And I don't want to build this. I don't want to burn a bridge. You know, I don't want to do that. And so um, I didn't send that email. Instead, I pulled out a notebook 
I thought of all the things that were falling under the cracks, all the things that needed to be done on an every single day basis. Mm-hmm. And because I was like, man, I'm sitting here and I'm so mad at this guy, but what if he didn't pay me on Friday? Yeah. You know, like I've got $10,000 of his cash sitting there and I'm like mad at him. Like, he yeah. didn't, like if he didn't pay me, I'd be really upset. Like, so right. all of a sudden I'm starting to think like him, you know, like, mm-hmm. man, I'd be mad at me too if I had all that money sitting there. And then I'm like, got all this inventory that I'm not sending back. So that's costing mm-hmm. him money too. And like all these things that are just costing money that I'm, that I'm doing like, okay, so I'm making all this money, but I've got that much money flying out the window just yeah. as fast. Right. So another location that's selling less might even actually be more valuable, more profitable, more profitable. So I made this list of everything that needed to be done. And I, I, I literally went Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I, I split off all the responsibilities. Some of them were daily tasks. Some of them were things that just need to be done a couple of days a week, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And so I set days and I, I created this mechanism machine and I would like every day I'd get in and somebody would be responsible for whatever these things were. And so like, Every week, everybody saw what they were responsible for, and we all rotated. And again, I wouldn't ask somebody to do something that I wouldn't do. Yeah. If it was my turn to clean the toilet, it was my turn to clean the toilet. Yeah. If it was my turn to do the inventory, it was my turn to do the inventory. Like, until this day, I'm not going to tell a salesperson to make a call if I wouldn't sit there and make that call with you. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm not going to tell you to do something that I yeah. wouldn't do. Right. Uh, so big difference between sympathy and empathy. So yeah. like that allowed me to, to better delegate because it's like, I'm, I'm here with you. How Let's quick was it. the turnaround? Um, like, cause did you find yourself? Cause whenever you have to ch- uh, change course of yes. the way you've always done things, it's really easy to relapse and do things the same old way. Um, was it kind of like a, once you did that one change, everyone got on, on board or I, yeah. I, I was on fire and I wasn't ever going back. I, okay. uh, I, I, I applied it. Um, you know, everybody will test the fence. Like, you know, like, oh, Jason has been, you know, lackadaisical. He's never led us like this before. Like, he's not going to keep this up, you know. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I think that everybody saw that I had a different system and a process. And I also had just a different fire in my eye about it, mm. you know. And so um, I had people that I had to spend, yeah. send home. Yeah. You know, I had this guy that I ended up mentoring that, you know, he, he needed tough love. And mm-hmm. so I remember like I, he was one of my top sales guys, but I had to send him home for two days because he missed our meeting. And that was mm-hmm. the policy, right? Like I told, I said, to everybody, if you miss the meeting, it's two days. And so he's like, you're really going to send me home? And I'm like, absolutely. And like when I left that company, I hired that guy and he came on and he became one of my most successful salespeople when I built a new company. Mm. And so like people need that structure. People want that structure. They want to know what they need to do in order to be successful. But I talked about earlier, it's not about what I want. What do you want? Mm. And if we're successful, if we can make the number one store in the whole entire Midwest region, we can continue growing. We can be the number one store in the country. And not only that, but we're running well operationally. What does that do for your career? Yeah. I know what it yeah. did for mine, you know, yeah. like it transforms everything, it transformed right? everything. And so when I went to the next company that was millions of dollars in debt and they were like, we're never, we don't know what we're going to do. And I had to build a culture. It was like hiring people. And it was like, if we can get this company to the mountaintop, what does that do for your career? Mm-hmm. If this can become a top performing location, what does that do for you? Mm-hmm. What does that do for you? You want to become a leader somewhere? What? What does that do for you? I know what it did for me when I took the worst performing store in our company and turned it into the top performing store in the country. All of a sudden, I had a different prestige behind me, right? Mm. People wanted to hire me. Right. That's interesting. So it's almost like when you're hiring people into a poor performing, let's say you're trying to turn a a current poor performing company around. Yeah. 
but you need to hire new people to get in there. Well, it's especially if it's like commission-based sales, for example. Yep. It's like, hey, right now, it's not going to bode well for either of us because this company's failing. But imagine if we can turn this boat. Hey, join me. Yeah. Help me turn this boat. And like, I'm going to paint the vision for if we can get over here. Like, is that kind of what you're saying? Absolutely. That's a genius way to hire. Um, they I were th- bought into the cause. Yeah, yeah. They were bought into the cause. And so many people made their careers mm. because they were part of that ride. And when you, you know, you talked about on my podcast, The Hustle. Yeah. When you subscribe to The Hustle, yeah. when you subscribe to that, there's really, you know, like, you know what it takes. Yeah. And so when you go, when you're different at a different company, like I had people that were low performers at my company that went mm. and got, <laughs> they're like, I just got promoted to leadership the first week I was here. This is crazy. All the stuff that you've been telling me, I just, all that's all I spit to them. That's all I told them I was doing. Mm. And they were low performers at my company. Wow. You know, so it's always cool. Yeah, it is crazy. And so when you said my company, did you start a company that you needed to, or you were just just working with ownership? Like I, it was my, it was when I, when I, uh, when I started the, when I took the rule of the rules, director of sales, it was a wireless company based out of Ann Arbor. And, uh, and they were literally millions of dollars in debt. Uh, and, I was introduced to them from my mentor, Dean. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had three choices. They could file bankruptcy and just call it a day. Uh, they had a uh, Debbie who was taking over the company. She was the managing partner, and her mm-hmm. partner, who actually owned the company, had Parkinson's disease, but he was a little loose wire anyways. Like, he had ran the company into just some crazy... It's a crazy story. It's, mm-hmm. no, it's a whole other podcast. Uh, and, it's, and it's, again, it's not my story, but it's, it's an incredible one. Uh, but uh, so they're millions of dollars in debt, and so they could file for bankruptcy and just close up. Um, they could sell whatever they had, whatever assets they had to another agent, which is where Dean came in because they were going to buy, but things fell through. They couldn't get, there's just things fell through. And so the other option was hire somebody that can come in and just build a culture, just rebuild this company and, mm. and throw up a Hail Mary and see if you can make it work. And so that's what she did. And she brought me in and I remember having this conversation with her and she just had this glow in her eye. I could just tell that she was just this really amazing woman. And yeah. she, she sat and she like had tears in her eyes about thinking about closing this business. And like, even though this guy ran it, she's like, he's going to not have support. He's going to be living on financial aid for the rest of his life. And then I've got these people that I care about, you know, and they're not going to have jobs. And it was like, she's like, I need you, but I have no idea how I'm going to pay you. Mm. And so I looked at all of her numbers and I was just confident because I knew I could perform and I knew I could teach other people because I had done it in the other role. And so I said, give me percentages of these areas. Like give me half of this, you know, yeah. half of the gross profit here, 25% here. And I had a small salary because I had a one-year-old at the time. And so I got a small salary so I could at least pay bills and, and eat and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then just went to town and yeah. started developing people. But it was, again, behind a whole mission and a cause. Like, mm. they all felt like they were part of something that was bigger than them. I think that's the theme right now of this pod is, like, if you're hiring or you're a, 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 a whatever word you want to use, manager, leader, and you're trying to build a team, just hiring them to a job description isn't doing them or you justice. No. It's taking the next step of telling them why and understanding what they're looking for yeah. and also having the humility and the ability to say no, and which is, you know, to a hire, which in this industry or in this, this, uh, economy companies are looking for anybody, right? We can't find anyone to work, you know, to work. And so it's like, yeah, it's very easy for business owners to hire anybody that breathes. And it's like being a little picky on who you hire might be the best solution. Well, and again, the greatest need that humans have is to be seen and heard. Yeah. 
And so bringing people in and actually seeing them and hearing them, understanding what their goals are, understanding what their life is like. And there's a difference between sympathy and empathy, right? Mm -hmm. And so sympathy is like, oh man, that sucks. Your life sucks. Go home and, you know, cry about it. Empathy is like, that sucks. I've been there too. Get on the phone. There's the only thing we can do is pick it up and like, you know, people would ask me, salespeople would ask me all the time, it's slow. I'm having a tough day. You know, like I'm behind my bills. I'm just kind of sad. There's nobody coming in today. Can I go home early? Like, if I send you home early right now, what's going to be different tomorrow? Yeah. And they'd be like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, if you don't make calls or do something right now, today's slow, but if you don't do something right now, what's going to be different tomorrow? Yeah. Nothing. Get on the phone. <laughs> you know, like get on the phone. Yeah. Um, but uh, when people have ideas, you, you talked about like, how do you get people to be approach to, how do you be approachable? Mm-hmm. It's like when you're listening to people and they have ideas because they're on the ground level, it's, 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 being coachable yourself and being and being able to listen to what's going on. Mm. Uh, I was hoping to remember this, and I'm glad that uh, this kind of led to this because we talked about gamification when yeah. you were on yeah. gamifying sales. And I had this sales guy ended up becoming one of my top sales guys in my company. And he had this idea. It was around fantasy football time. And we all, as a company, we had a bunch of guys in our, on our, in our, in our company that were all into fantasy football. We had a fantasy football league in our company. And this guy was super into fantasy football. And, uh, and so he was like, what if we had like fantasy sales rep where like all the managers drafted salespeople and we had like points on different things that we sold. Mm. And then the winner, the winning team got to go to a Lions game. Oh, that's cool. It was like done. <laughs> like that's the yeah. best idea I've ever heard. That's really cool. You know, that's a, that's an incredible idea. So we got together It ended up being, it was a, we, if we, if I could have ran that contest every month and it would have worked like, and not wore out, like mm-hmm. we would have, but instead we ran it, we ran it, uh, two different times at the, uh, in the, during the football season. So we did two different contests and those were our best months every single, every single time What was so cool is these managers would draft sales reps. Yeah. And so you'd have sales reps from different, different locations that would be on the same team and they'd be calling each other and coaching each other. Mm. And so I, it created this culture of, it didn't matter if they're on this other team that I'm competing with. Like, you know, I'd have Jackson competing with Frankenmuth to be the number one store or Celine competing with wherever to be the number one store. And so you'd have competitors, but then you'd be like, Oh, but I got to go help Chris and Celine. Cause his numbers are suffering and he's on my team. And if, he, if we don't mm-hmm. win, we're not going to get to the lions game. You know, we got to yeah. help the, so it just created this culture of everybody wanting to help each other. Yeah. And I would have like midnight, like we're a retail location and I'd have several salespeople that would be at our retail location calling customers until midnight. Wow. And they would get sales. Yeah. And like I've watched the numbers all day because it was just relentless. And they would literally call their customers because they had such a rapport with them. They'd be like, I'm trying for this contest. We're like the other guys at the store calling to you. What can you do? And it was like, it was like uh, watching the uh, modern day elections where you yeah. never know who's going to win. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's, that is a great idea. That is, that's awesome. Josh Bednarski, man. Yeah, uh, that that's was genius. Set up for you. That is genius. I, uh, it is actually true. I don't know if anyone that does sales listening to this podcast, but I can't tell you how many companies I've closed. I'm going to say close, like, you know, close them as a client. Yep. Uh, by letting them know I was trying to achieve a contest. Yep. Like, uh, because even in, in, uh, within insurance sales, um, there's always like trips you can win or, you know, you do, you, you open up this many new companies in a year you get, you know, so there's always like some thing going on. And I remember, uh, uh, last year there was a trip to go to Cabo and I was one company short. Yeah. One, just one. 
And uh, I just remember saying, like, this guy was already going to move forward. We already ran the meeting. He was ready to go, you know? And I was like, hey, I know that you want to move forward in January. Like, that's fine. But it's, it's August. Is there any chance we can move things up for six months? Because it does a couple of things. Number one, it helps your employees get coverage faster. So in case they get hurt, sick, whatever, in the next six months, they're going to have coverage. So it benefits you. You know, it's a good thing. Um, but <laughs> I have this thing going on. It also really helped me too. <clears throat> and he was like, sure, let's do it. Sure. And, uh, but I don't think he would have done it had I not had that going on. And it was great because actually uh, one of his employees got hurt two months later and um, they had wow. the coverage in place. And I always joke with him like, hey, that's because of me. You're welcome, <laughs> You're by the way. Welcome. I push that. But it is true, just being honest in sales. I think it's just the overall. If you are a honest, ethical yeah. salesperson, um, and let's just say you have a goal you're trying to hit, it can very easily be coming across as you're pushy and like you're desperate. Yeah. And if you're just honest with them, it's amazing what can happen. It's amazing. In like any sale. Also, like the salespeople that could do that had extremely great relationships yeah. with their customers. Like they they built real life personal relationships with with their clients to where mm. like it wouldn't be like why in the hell are you calling me at 11 30 at night yes. you know like why are you calling me yes why are you texting me like yeah. i uh, i'm gonna get a restraining order on my cell phone sales guy this is like stalkership right yes. like don't do that but these people had such great relationships because that's you know when you do you you talked about it again like you know i love that you were on the show first like curiosity yeah. when you have that curiosity when you serve people when you i said it a little bit ago when you hold space for them and you see them and hear them mm -hmm. you earn the right to be able yeah. to tell people hey i have a contest going on can you help me and then remembering what they tell you a huge <laughs> sales trick is yeah. like if you ask them about their family and they say they have Joey Tim and Teresa and Joey plays soccer, Tim plays football, and Teresa plays volleyball. Next time you see them, hey, how are the kids' sports doing? Has Joey had a soccer game recently? Or, you know, whatever. Absolutely. Like, that is incredible, and it does set you apart. The other thing that I found to be unbelievably, it's the smallest thing any salesperson can do, but it has yielded more fruit than anything else. It is get their personal cell phone number mm. of your clients yep. or of your prospective uh, leads. Get their personal cell phone number. This is why. Not their business line. Yeah. Get If they have a business cell phone, I don't want it. Yep. I want your personal cell. This is why. Your brain functions. So I have, I have two different apps on my phone. One is business, everything business. So when I get a message through that app, it's business. Yep. That's my... You're only checking it, at a certain time. But my personal cell phone, if I get from that, I'm, my first thought is friend. Subconsciously. That's my first thought. Good. Yep. And um, so... If you can get someone's personal cell phone, and uh, yeah, I kind of got a little chalky, but it's okay though. We have a we have a uh, um, microwave too if we need it. Um, <clears throat> the uh, but anyway, so your brain is triggered by you get a text on your personal cell phone. That's a friend. That's yep. not a that's yep. not a business contact. Yes. That's not a business email. You know, the the guards that you put up in your brain of like when you get an email saying just following up, you know, right? Like <laughs> yeah. those guards are gone. So yeah. if you can get someone's cell phone number, be like, hey Dave, it's Dylan, whatever. 
I mean, we have closed more deals by text. I bet than anything else. Yep, just fun little sales. It's, I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. What do you think about that? No, I think that's huge. I love that trick. Nobody ever talks about that. Getting the cell phone, I think, is huge. I, I have a salesperson I just started working with, and for one of my clients, and she was like, "Oh, I, I think I'd probably have a better chance of getting a hold of him by text, but I don't want to give him my cell phone." Like, why? Like the sell the sales. <laughs> so I was like, I went to the boss. Like, I think they're the wrong person. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna tell them why they need to like why it's advantageous to do this. Yes. You know, Google Voice. Get her a Google Voice number. That's yeah, a, that's what I told yeah, her. I'm like, get, get it. the Google Voice number. Yeah. It's free. So yeah. yeah. That's what we do. Yeah. Um, but texting's huge. Um, I guess anything in sales that you can actually develop a relationship. Like yeah. you, the rest is, and it might not close for two years. It might not close for a Absolutely. year. It might close, it might, it might close in a week, but the, but relationships are key. But it's a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So to wrap up slowly, I mean, we still have plenty of time, but um, you started Roar Consulting, mm-hmm. right? When did, when did that, when and how? So I started Roar Consulting uh, January, 2018. Uh, so I was with the, the cell phone, or the, uh, wireless zone for, for nine years, a little over nine years. And, uh, and I knew it was time, um, rewind back a little bit that mentor Dean I've mentioned several times he had he had gotten really successful you know our our company exploded our star location exploded the rest of the company exploded and uh, and so he had gotten paid to do a lot of consulting and so he had planted this seed in my in my brain like I remember him coming to me and being like hey I in a few years I think I'm going to leave this I'm going to start a consulting company and I'd love to like bring you along and I was like wow I can do something more than cell phone sales like I can do something more than sales like that sounds really cool. And so just really like it was always there. And then, uh, the success we had when I was with, uh, with, as a director of sales, all these companies were coming up to me. All these people were like, how'd you do it? Can I pick your brain? Can I take you out to lunch? Can I pay you to come out and check out my location and tell me what I need to do? Like, Mm. how do I lead people? How do I, how do I teach sales? How do I, you know, all these things. It's like, man, to me, sales is so easy. We're in leadership is so easy. We're making it so hard based off from communication, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. I, I don't know. I want to start my own business and do this and help companies survive. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm making a six-figure income, you know. Um, I've overcome, like, my why was to give my family something that I never had. You know, I grew up poor. We lived in apartments, like, until I was 19, 20 mm. years old, we lived in an apartment, wow. you know? So, um, there was a small period where we lived in my grandma's basement when we left my dad, you know? Wow. So like growing up poor and all those kind of things, I wanted to give my family vacations and a house and, you know, a nice car and the things that, you know, that I didn't have. And yeah. so that was a big why. And so when you glue yourself to that, why I, to move and make that jump out of that airplane, yeah. it was, it was paralyzing. Yeah. And so Debbie had to give me a push. And so January 5th, 2018, she had said, sent me a message at the beginning of the week and said, hey, let's meet up on Friday and talk about the direction of the company. I'm like, great. I remember telling Gracie, because I told her it was New Year's, or New Year's Eve, uh, and she asked me what my goals were for the, for the year. And I said, I don't know because I'm extremely stuck. All I know is if I'm still here at this company – and by the end of the year that it, I, it would have been a failure. Like I, you know, like that's how strong right, I feel yeah. with where I, where I'm at. And so, but I don't know how I'm going to do it soundly and be able to be able to sleep at night. Cause I don't, you know, to take mm-hmm. that money and take that gamble. And so, uh, like I have a feeling something's going to change. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. we always had these conversations, but I just feel like this one's different. And so I go in and sure enough, Debbie's like, I appreciate so much everything that you've done for me. And I know that you're at this point where, because I was always honest with her where I wanted to go. And she's mm-hmm. like, I know you're at this point where you want to start your business, but I also know that you're not going to make that jump. And so 
I'm going to push you out of the plane and give you a nice parachute. So she gave me a nice uh, lump sum of money to, because she appreciated what I did. So I could go start my business and not have to worry about how am I going to pay bills? How am I going to eat? And that kind of thing. Wow. So I had a nice runway to go out and start work consulting. And so I ran out and did, I hired a coach and kind of started dabbling with content and trying to like figure out how do I, because I was well known in my industry, but I didn't want any part of that industry. How do mm. I tell people my story without being that guy that's like telling everybody their story, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> so you got lovingly fired for, yeah. for like your betterment. That's a cool, that's a cool story. It was the coolest thing ever. Uh, you know, I, I had put my life into that company for nine years. I mean, I called it my, I still call it my company, right? Yeah, I still yeah. like, wouldn't, you caught me a little bit ago saying, uh, saying that, you know, I thought it'd be so much sadder than it was. Mm. And instead I, I had like the weight of the world lifted off my shoulders. Mm. I was driving home and I was so happy. And I remember like I had tears of joy telling, call, telling, calling Gracie and telling her, what was going on? Gracie's my wife, Gracie Tracy. Uh, amazing. <laughs> amazing. And, uh, and so I was telling her, and it's just like having just being so grateful that I, you know, attached my cart to the right person yeah. that like had that appreciation and saw where I was, that I was struggling with what I was doing, yeah. that I wanted to do something and said, here, like, go do it. Well, to be a fly on the wall of the conversation, you're like, honey, I have great news. I've been fired. <laughs> Excellent news, hon. Uh, I have been let go, and I can't tell you how good it makes me feel. <laughs> That's awesome, exactly. man. It was awesome. It was so awesome. Uh, she was selling Harleys at the time, and she went out and she she killed it. But at the same time, she worked for a company with a horrible culture. Mm. She was this female that was killing it, crushing it, this number one salesperson for the for, for the company in um, in in. Uh, it kind of, I think, emasculated some of the some of the male leadership there, and mm. so uh, we're in six months into my business. Things are not cruising. <laughs> I've gotten, you know, I did a lot of planning. I've met a lot of people. I've created some content. I've did some stuff, um, but it's just like really like I'm stringing two hundred fifty dollars together at a time, you know, yep. kind of thing, yep. and trying to figure it out. And every, and every day, my bank account is is dwindling. My grandma dies and my grandma was like a second mom to me. I mentioned how we lived in my grandma's basement yeah. for a while. She was like a big catalyst in my life. And so my grandma passed away in that weekend of my grandma's funeral. My wife gets, gets fired from her job Man. because she didn't make 20 calls on a Sunday because she was sold five bikes on a Sunday. It was just an excuse. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, it was yeah. an excuse. They had to yeah. set an example and, uh, and that the, she, Gracie literally posted that she was leaving and she had like this outpouring uh mm. she tagged in the location and this outpouring of people that said they were never gonna go back to that location that location closed down within six months wow so just crazy you know how yeah. you can ruin a culture right like yeah. you can have superstar employees and you can let emotions and things get in the way that like that run you, that yeah, person run you out down. the door mm. that's crazy and then and then like how did it feel getting your first solid client through Roar? <sighs> Man, how did that come about um, I literally was like at that point, like I'm getting low, <laughs> your bank account is low emails. Um, and I'm, uh, I'm literally wake, woke up that morning. I'm getting ready. I'm steaming my clothes. And it's like, I'm going, I had this appointment with this, this company. Uh, I had been doing some training for, mm. uh, the guy, uh, that started the company. He was the main investor in the company. He had been in the wireless industry. He was in the same franchise that I was a part of. So he knew me really well. He knew my success. And so he had reached out to me to do some training with his salespeople because they started a freight shipping company. And, um, uh, they knew, you know, they didn't, they didn't really know how to train these people and they, they weren't made there. They just hired a bunch of people and they're expected like, to make calls and sell freight and they knew nothing. So I started off training and then I realized, um, that like really these two guys were kind of like, 
you know, absentee owners that were kind of, they were owning it and um, they, they needed really people to hold, hold their team accountable. Mm. And so that was what I proposed to them. And I had this meeting set up with them, but it was like, man, I am not making it. <laughs> like, yeah. this is a nightmare, you yeah. know? Like, should I just quit this now? Like, having a really pity party for myself. And then uh, I just had this realization, like, every time my back was against the wall in my life, that was, like, the beginning of the biggest comeback I've ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, like, every single bad time. Like, yeah. my dad's situation, like, um, just getting myself mm-hmm. in a financial mess when I was early in my, in my early 20s. All those things led to this big rebirth. And so mm-hmm. it was like... Now's the time. One and two, I realized that I was like the number one thing, the thing that I was teaching all these, all, all that I've done my whole life in sales, the thing that I've, that makes me successful now. Yeah, I I was not being curious. I was thinking about myself. Yeah, I was thinking about myself because I needed to put money on. You know, I needed to pay oh, the bills. So, I needed to pay. so easy to do. Man. It is so easy to do. Yeah, I did a talk to uh, a bunch of people, a bunch of entrepreneurs the other day on Tuesday, and it was like this is this thing. Being outward, having an outward mindset is not something that you just learn. It's like riding a bike and you can just jump on that bike and just, you can do it at any time, but it's not like it just is automatic. Mm. I taught this. I, I did it. I was successful with it. I was so successful with it. I could teach other people how to do it. Mm. I took a company that was bankrupt and took it into a company that, that grew, you know, became the industry standard. Like we had so much success. And, and yet when I started my business, it was like going out and being like, Ooh, I hope I get this sale. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. All the confidence <laughs> is gone. All know? the confidence is gone. It's like I'm meeting some random person. It's like, I'm humping their leg. Like there's yeah, gotta please, be money in there somewhere. Please, 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 please. <laughs> you know, like, please. Yeah. Dude, it's so true. I think, and you get desperate when you, man, when you, I, so my struggle is I freeze. Like when I, I think that a lot of entrepreneurs can relate to this, but when I get, when the bank account gets low, when the sales stop, it's like, and instead of being like, okay, I can fix these six things and I can do this, which is the right thing to do. Sometimes I'll be like, I don't know what to do because I just tried this and I thought for sure this was going to work. This failed, this failed, this failed. And it's like, I freeze um, out of, I don't know if it's fear or out of annoyment or whatever yeah. it is, but that that's what I have to battle the most when we are having down years or down months. It's just like, what's the point? You know, this isn't, this isn't worth it anymore, you know, and, uh, or blaming everything else we've talked about in your podcast a lot. So yep. Yeah, dude, that's, that is awesome. Um, what, what would you say is some just final advice for someone getting into sales or someone looking to start a company? If you could give them like one or two pieces of advice, what would it be? Um, one is, is just go out and and start. So many people want the sure thing. And Mm. and you just heard us talk about like, we get in there and we're going to have bad months. We're going to have bad days. Uh, But so many people want that thing that's going to definitely work. And they stay sitting in that paralyzed state trying to figure out, is this going to work? That's a question that get get, get asked so many times. Like, will this work? Yeah. Like, if you don't go do it, it will not. Yes. You know, yeah. and there's so many people that will sit in, on the sideline and wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and not do it. And they, and they waste all the time and then they go do it and then they learn. Maybe it mm-hmm. didn't work, but there's things that are just small adjustments that we can make. Um, when I got started landing clients, I didn't have consulting and coaching figured out. Yeah. You know, clients paid me to figure it out. Like yeah. I went, I, they, they still got their results, but, and there's a lot I learned. I learned and I still learn from my clients, mm-hmm. you know, I'm still learning. Yeah. And it's, it's the balance of faking confidence while also being humble yes. and learning. It's like, you need to 
find the balance of being confident in what you do know and confident in what you don't know. And it's okay on both. Yep. And it's okay to portray that you do know this and you don't know this. So if you do know something, you believe you have an expert in this thing, be confident. Be confident. And if you don't know something, be confident you don't know it and just be confident you're going to figure it out. Yep. And I think that has been one of the biggest sales lessons is you don't have to bullcrap anybody to try to get a sale. It's like, but you do need to be an expert in something. Like you need to have something that you know you really well. Yes. Yeah, you have to be able to do something. As long as you can do that, they'll forgive a lot of other stuff. As long as there's at least one thing they can lean on for you. Absolutely. Um, that's great advice. I think, uh, you know, just do it, Nike, right? Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. And again, you're going to learn through the process. Mm. I had a client a couple months ago that I should last, it was last month, actually, she had a follow-up appointment. Um, we'd worked together for three months in... She was a she's a rock star. Like we made some adjustments to the way she priced and some adjustments to her mindset, a way she was phrasing things with her with her services. And instantly, she would like. I usually when I sit down with the clients, I have a what do you need to make to pay mm-hmm. your bills and eat and that kind of thing. What do you what do you what's the goal and what's that thing that makes you go oh my god <laughs> like makes yeah. you nervous like yeah. sick to your stomach. I can and she was like making that. <laughs> in the first three months, like just killing it, had her schedule filled all the way up until like December of this year. Right. So filled up, she circled back a couple months ago or last month. And we, and we sat and she was like, realized that some of the clients that she got on were not her ideal clients. There were Mm. some things that just, there were some things that, um, that just weren't right. Mm. And when she came to me, she was like, we need to throw everything away. Like, you know, she didn't say it like that, but like basically we'd start over. No, what did work? So much we focus on what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Take that. We're either winning or learning. Dissect yeah. that loss. What did work? Mm. Don't throw everything away. Like you might be just this close to striking diamonds, yeah. right? Yeah. What did work in this? And then what didn't work? Mm. And adjust that. We found a couple things that she doesn't, that she can't tolerate. And mm-hmm. then we figured out how to set that stage and position that right out of the beginning to qualify mm-hmm. her clients to out of the gate that. to yeah. avoid that down the road. And it still might happen, sure. but it helps you take more control of that through the process and make sure that you have a right fit client. The money was right. The job was right. These people had certain things that didn't give you an, enough mm. power and control that frustrated the crap out of you. Let's yeah. build that in. Mm. That's, that's part a, of that's a great self-development question to ask yourself. It's like, what's well, working, what's not working? Yeah. That's a great way to kind of look at your business. So if, if it's failing, instead of being like, everything, everything. sucks, yeah. you know, this is, we got to start all from scratch. You're like, well, you've worked hard to get where you're at. They're actually, you might be 85% of the way there, but the 15% is what killing you. Absolutely. And, and, uh, that's really good advice. That's really good advice. For me, it was like this year, last year was my best year. We talked about this a little bit on my show mm-hmm. and we talk about like yeah. going through struggles this year. It was like, I don't want to do what I did last year for the rest of my life, right? right? I don't want to do that. And I don't want to build a business where I can scale it to do that. Mm. What I do love is the podcast. You know, there's like stuff Mm -hmm. that I really love to do. And it's like, I had to like take some steps back in order to really figure out how do I, how do I, how do I transition the things that people keep coming up to me and talking to me about without me even having to sell, Mm. you know, like people come up to me all the time with conversations about the podcast or these clips or how can I meet this person or how can I promote myself? And it's like, there's this constant signs yeah. that I need to be doing something that's even more elevated from what I'm doing. Yeah. And your business mind's like, Ooh, how can I monetize this? And how can I do this? And how can I, well, you have to, yeah. yeah, I could sit and podcast all day. It's not, yeah. We're, you know? we're not doing this for nonprofit. You <laughs> yeah, know? Exactly. Right. Right. <laughs> and, uh, 
Yeah, we should do a separate podcast talking about creative ways to make money, like brainstorm creative ways to make money on a podcast. Absolutely. Um, because I know you have a lot of thoughts on that, and you've already done some, and I do, I do too. That could be a fun listen for people. So like as you and I grow in our podcast journey, do like a year check-in and be like, hey, what's changed in the show in, like, in like a year? That could be a fun a fun episode different from the norm. Um, I think cool. out of that too to say is like connect with other people and yeah. don't be afraid to connect with other people that are doing things that are similar to you. Mm-hmm. You know, I have, a, I have, I have an abundance mindset and in, in I, I connect with other sales coaches mm-hmm. and I brought other sales coaches on my show, you yeah. know, because it's like, not, I'm not going to connect with everybody, mm-hmm. but also I can learn. We can learn from each other. Yeah. You know, the moment Jason Hill connected us and we had a conversation, it's like, I remember it was like, bro, let's keep in touch. Like we're doing this together. Like yeah, we, we're the same thing together. Yeah. Right. Like we can share ideas. And then man, I, you know, you shared the coffee idea and I'm like, holy crap. Like that's a really good idea. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. I thought it's funny. I talked to Taylor. I'm like, I'm like, Hey, I shouted you out on the show. I think you're going to be getting a call from a interested, <laughs> interested person. Um, I said, but I'm always like, I always have to be your favorite. I was like, if you work with any other podcasts, okay, I was your first one Absolutely. and I'm your favorite. Don't go, don't go sit, you know, find another podcast that excels. And she, she was laughing. I'm like, no, I am, I am your favorite, not Jason. <laughs> I love um, it. Yeah, dude, I think you're right. And, and you know, there's enough listeners for two podcast guys to get together and oh, help each man, other yeah. out. And um, what's cool is like, in the in the abundance of how many great entrepreneurs are out there, we have not had any cross guests, which I find is mind blowing to yeah, this that point. That is crazy. Well, I've also only done like fifteen episodes. Okay, so fair enough. Yeah, yeah. We, there'll we, be a point we, where we will we for sure. Will. Yeah, we and I'll connect will. you with people because, like, yeah, again, people that are on podcasts they want to be on more. Yes, and you have a quality, awesome podcast. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. especially people that own businesses. It's it's what it's marketing for them, and um, people that have good stories just love sharing them. So, you know. I don't know if people realize how valuable this content is, mm. you know, like, mm-hmm. and it's like the, the biggest thing. I, I don't know if we talked about this in my episode, but it's kind of my biggest rally right now and where I see an opportunity to solve a problem and monetize the podcast recently is like being able to create those clips for people because yeah. they get on an hour podcast and think that it's going to be, you know, I, Hopefully people listen to this and you're listening to this whole podcast and you're like, Hey, Jason's yeah, a cool that's guy. Not the and reality I reach out of, to him. Not the majority of the con. Like we have short attention spans and look at TikTok and yeah. Facebook reels and yeah. YouTube shorts and all that stuff is catering to that stuff. We can just yeah. go like this. There are people that listen to the full podcast. There are people that go on drives or they, you know, yeah. they, they, that's, they love listening to podcasts. They, yeah. you know, but then there's just an audience of people that are just flipping through the content. And what yeah. better way to get to know an entrepreneur than a 30 to 60 second clip? Yep. It's for me, it's like 95, five. So I view my real, so this, I, my core audience is the ones that a podcast drops and they listen to like at least 20 minutes. Yeah. Like they're the ones that are like, I'm, I'm one to get into the flow of the conversation. I enjoy the style of the podcast. Um, those are kind of like my core listeners that those are the ones I really care about. If that makes sense. Like I really, cause if anyone can watch something for 15 seconds, great, cool. Yeah. Um, and then it's like, okay, well, stage two is when I make shorts, the people that are liking and commenting. Okay. Well then it's like, I want to focus on that next. Um, and seeing how I can get the best content in 15 to 30 seconds or 30 to 60 seconds. But you're right. Like 95% of my views are from like 15 to six second clips. Yeah. Like it's, if I, if, if YouTube didn't have YouTube shorts, it would be, you know, I, cause I get 50 to 300 views an episode. Yeah. 
Okay. Yep. And then you have some that hit really. Yeah. And good. then some that I've done, you know, 600, 700. Yep. But for the most part, um, it's 50 to 300. Yep. So if I hit 200 views per episode, I'm, I'm thrilled. Yep. If I hit under 200, I go back and I'm like, was it content? Was it title? Was it thumbnail? Was so that's the time that I put it out. Yeah, it was like, the time that I put yeah. it out. Then I overanalyze and I get really, really <laughs> I angry. <laughs> I get really angry. Um, but then it's like, well, you know, it's okay. Because it's like, I'm going to cut this up to in 30 different shorts and people are still going to be able to get the content out yeah. um, of it. Even if they don't get the whole podcast, that's okay. Um, but man, it's like, you know, we've done 200,000 views on YouTube this year and it's like a hundred and 95,000 have been from YouTube shorts. Yeah. yeah. The shorts are. Yeah. Um, it's, it is sad a little to think about how bad our attention span is. My (laughs) wife. Oh my goodness. It's funny. Like the one pet peeve I have, and I love her to death, but the only pet peeve I really can think of in our marriage, which is amazing (laughs) is she never finishes YouTube videos. So she'll watch a YouTube video and there'll be. 15 seconds left. 15 seconds. And she'll like move on. And I'm like, <laughs> it wasn't done. <laughs> like, like they were, they were giving the outro. She's like, I was bored. I'm like, but watch time. <laughs> I'm like, help them. But it's just funny. Like, <laughs> like, like, like uh, she's like, oh, I was just done. You know what that does I'm like, you know, that helps them so much, but she's just moved on. Like she's already, you know, checked out. And I'm like, I will watch a video until it's like, the suggestions pop up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But for her, she'll be like, okay, I'm done. And I'm like, the story wasn't even finished. You know? Oh, this cracks me up. Well, um, that's your only pet peeve. You've oh, got, yeah, we're doing you got great. it pretty good. No, yeah, literally, I think it's the only pet peeve I can think of right now. Uh, she is a, I'm married up in every way possible. So uh, I think I'm doing good if that's the only, <laughs> if that's the only frustration I have with her. Um, well, dude, I appreciate you coming on the show. Oh man, it's my I, pleasure. I thank you for making the drive. It's not, it's probably an hour, 10 minutes, hour, 20 minute drive. So thank you for coming pleasure. out to Taylor. Um, Guys, if you want to check out uh, his podcast, I will include it in the description. Uh, look up Roar Nation on YouTube. Roar Nation on YouTube. Roar Nation on YouTube. Uh, he's had some killer guests, namely Dylan England. That guy killed yeah, it on the show. It. Yeah, no, he has some, had some great guests. He has tons of content. He's recorded over 100 episodes. Um, so you will... 133 this 133. week. 133. Yeah. So guaranteed you will find an episode... Uh, that is something that you're interested in, a story that you're interested in. Jason does an amazing job of, of really trying to get people to share their story. Um, so if you're an aspiring entrepreneur, they're going to love your show. I love what you're doing, Jason. Um, I love the the fact that you've built in a community on Facebook. Uh, one cool thing, <laughs> shout out to Jason the other day, and, and then we got to wrap up because we're running out of time. But Jason posted a, 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 a picture and literally Jason was working out and this lady walked up to him and she was like, I'm listening to you. Right now, right now on the podcast. It was our podcast. Yeah. And I literally, when you posted it, I'm like, Jason's a freaking celebrity. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, he's made it. I'm like, that is crazy to think that you're working out and some lady, tw- you know, 20 treadmills over there is just listening it, to your voice. Cool. That is awesome. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool going on. Like I told you yesterday, I ran, somebody that came up and I'm like, I have no idea who they are. And I pride myself in knowing people, remembering people and conversations. And it's like, it's, it's getting big, but that's what it was. Like uh, uh, the great late great Colonel John Hannibal Smith said, "I love it when a plan comes together." Yes, <laughs> yes. I don't know. He passed away. Did he pass away? Yeah, he passed away maybe a couple, a couple years, years ago. ago. Yeah. The A team has haven't watched or haven't followed the A team. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, no. Speaking of people, did you see that Chandler from Friends died? Yeah, man. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Sucks. 
But anyway, (laughs) what a good way to end the podcast. If you have made it the hour and 15, hour and 10 minutes, thank you for staying in. Uh, Definitely make sure you subscribe. Check out our coffee. Uh, If you haven't yet, I will include the link. It is very good. It It is delicious. He he drinks it. Um, And so uh, let us know if if there's anyone you you want on the show, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, um, all that stuff. I will also have um, Jason's socials as well for people to go follow you on Facebook and all that stuff as well. So thanks for coming to the show, dude. I appreciate it. And we will see you guys on the next episode.